1: I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Good morning. Good morning, Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog
2: Man Cave with Ted Yoho. Uh, no, he's not in a bar. We'll straighten that out in a moment. <laughs> uh, he's in yet another one of his uh, places of uh, habitual relaxation, I suppose you'd That's say.
0: Right. That's there
2: right. There you go. And we are, of course, uh, Melon Law Studio with uh, only official law firm partner, University of Florida Gators, protected by crime prevention and sponsored by on-the-spot cleaners, style cuts, you name it, we got them rolling by here. And also, you wonderful people who donate now and then, We really appreciate that. Um, got some good weather here where we are, and especially good weather, I'll let Ted tell you where he is now. He's, no, he's not in the Reagan Airport. Uh, he <laughs> is uh, in the mountains of Georgia. So, uh, it's very nice up there. Leaves are changing, I'm sure.
1: And oh, uh, are a here.
2: Ted sent me a um, uh, sort of rat ourselves out here a moment. Uh, Ted sent me a uh, text this morning. At least I read it this morning. and said, America is doomed. <laughs> you know, I got to thinking about that, Ted, and I want to sit back and listen to you for a while about that. But um, it got my mind to working on it. And I came up with about 15 reasons why it's possibly true. And every one of them is preventable. That's what really irked the hell out of me, Ted. Correct. Every one of them was preventable. And then you start looking at them being preventable, and you start wondering if they weren't deliberate. And then you really go off the rails, because you can make a good argument that much of this is deliberate. and I'm going to shut up and let you talk about it for a minute because you started it. You sent me the text.
0: <laughs> you know, with everything that's going on, and, of course, I'm up here in our house in Georgia in a little town called Mineral Bluff. Um, they don't even have a, 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 a stoplight. It's a stop sign. It's four-way. and it, It's nice. It's just beautiful. Trees are changing. And, uh, you know, it, it makes me thankful my wife and i thankful for all the blessings we've had to be able to grow up in america take advantage of opportunity but you talk to the younger generation they're not seeing that opportunity and uh um, you know as you said all these things are preventable and i didn't want to be a, a teddy downer when i sent you that but i had just come back talking from some people and um they feel the same way you know the average joe out there that's a conservative feels this way of course if you're a liberal democrat number one you probably won't be listening to this show and number two you kind of like this change because it's following the fundamental transformation of america and you've heard me say this uh, a bunch and i don't want to beat a dead horse but it is the Obamaization of america and their goal is to destroy america as is so that they can rebuild it in the new unfortunately the new that they want to rebuild is this um, socialist utopian and uh, they want to model it after Hugo Chavez and uh, um, uh, Maduro uh, Nicolas Maduro and uh, you know it, it, it is and the antithesis of the constitution you know a, a country that was founded on, on the principles and the core values that we were where it protects life, liberty and happiness and we're, uh, we're all created equal have the right to pursue life, liberty and justice and those things are going away, and all you have to do is look back at the at the beginning of the pandemic, the mandates that came out—mandates for masks, mandates for social distancing, the six feet, no big, no large groups. You can't do that. We were going to have an event up in DC. Uh, I was getting uh, awarded an event or uh, the order of the Polar Star from the Japanese Emperor, and we had thirty or forty people that could come up there. And um, Marion Bowser out of uh, the mayor of D.C., said no groups larger than 10 people. Government control, government mandates. And so here we are today. And the thing that I think is depressing is what's going on in Congress right now, you know, with the speakers race. You know, um, Kevin McCarthy was removed. We have to move beyond that. And we're going into third week of adults that are legislators that are supposed to be putting what's best for the country first, And they can't get over these petty little infightings. I don't like this person. I don't like that person. We didn't hire these people for that. And I was talking to a representative out of New York uh, last week. I was up in D.C. And it was interesting because we talked about Kevin McCarthy, Kevin Hearn. We talked about Mike Johnson. And she was saying how the people are so fixated on the I don't like this person or I don't like this person. And she went on to say how Kevin McCarthy, she goes, I didn't realize he was like this, but he wants to hang on to power. He wants to be the speaker again. And they're missing the point. He had his chance. He failed. We need people that are going to put the nation first, not a political party, not, you know, I like this person better than that person. They need to grow up and get over that and really focus on those things. Um, You know, and again, I feel like a broken record. It's dead. It's China. It's our borders. It's energy. These are the things they should focus on in addition to the next election. What are they doing to secure these elections? What are they doing to make sure there's not voter fraud? There's not, you know, all these mail-in ballots and these drop boxes that nobody's monitoring on a bipartisan uh, level. Um, The world is closing in. As you can see, with what's going on in the Russia, the Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, and then what's going on with Israel and um, Palestine. And um, you, you, you can't take your eyes off of China. Um the, the, the old philosophy of Su Sun um, um, who wrote the Art of War, and it was, I think it was over a thousand years ago, he says, get your enemies to fight your enemies. And then bide your time, hide your strength, and bide your time. So China's just kind of watching all this, and I don't know how much their hands are in uh, uh, fueling any of this um, in Hamas, uh, with Hamas and Iran going against Israel, but uh, they're helping uh, Russia with Ukraine. And then we have them 90 miles off the coast of Florida building joint military training bases with the Cuban military uh, in the Western Hemisphere. I hope I'm not right, but I could see a skirmish breaking out in the Western Hemisphere, uh, Central, South America, something like that, that we would have to respond. Now we're uh, separated in three different directions and you can see the disaster that's going on and then tie that into our debt. Our debt is unsustainable. These people up there know it. They need to get their act together. And I think this is where your show is so important at. We call our representatives and say, you know, this is what you guys should focus on. And I think it should be debt, China, border, uh, energy. And, you know, we don't care about meetings on UFOs or fentanyl. I mean, those are all important at some point. But when the ship is sinking, you better do the things that are going to save the country. And let's start putting the country first and not your next election. Um, I can't tell you how many people I talked to up there uh, wanting to be speaker. Or they're they're talking about who's going to be the speaker, and they said, "Teddy goes, nobody wants to take this. It, it'd be like taking a grenade and uh, pulling the pin. You know, it's going to blow up." He goes, "It's a political disaster for anybody that puts their name in there." And I'm like, "It doesn't matter because you're worried about your next election instead of let's do something to move this country beyond where we're at." Um, you know, it's a laughing stock up there. Uh, with the Republicans, and uh, they need to get their act together. If not, uh, America will be doomed.
2: Well, I come at it, too, um, from a little different approach. Um, You know the people personally, which, of course, helps to put yourself in a funk. um, Because I think there's a woeful lack of leadership at all levels of government. And complicit in that. Is the media. So I, I made a, a, a list here of things that if I were going to absolutely bring America down without firing a shot, I would do the following. I would start with the open borders. I would flood them with things that nobody knows what's coming across.
1: And then I'd find Rich international donors like Soros to fund the cells
2: and be very patient because you see, I'm not operating on four year term cycles, right? I'm operating on 25 year goals. Okay, let's just come up with that number or discussion at least 10 year goals. It really doesn't matter to me unless we get a really strong national leader president.
1: Don't we I'm going to gonna,
2: I'm gonna make sure that doesn't happen because I'm going to kneecap that guy with constant court battles,
1: with constant media attacks, and furthermore, paint him as a racist. Because what I'm going to do to take over America is attack white people.
0: Sure.
2: You follow me? My little plan here? I mean,
0: you know. no, I mean, that's exactly what's happened, Ward. I mean, look at you said it would take, you know, 10, 14, 15 years. When did Obama come in? It was 2010. You know, we're 13 years uh, from that thing starting, and, and you laid out the scenario exactly what's being played. You look at how they went after Trump, the outsider, the guy that didn't play by the rules, so that they could keep their cabal going on. And, you know, I hate to, I, I hope it doesn't inflame people um, to the point where crazy things happen. I think it should inflame them to where they go to their legislator and tell them to get their act together or vote them out. Just vote these suckers out if there's a better alternative. And some of these people, you know, um, uh, uh, you know <laughs> uh, Jeff Denham's um, dummy Walter would be better, although he looks like uh, um, Biden. Guy in the White House. But it's exactly what's going on uh, the way you described it. And it also falls into the Clower Pivens, Alinsky playbook. You know, they're doing this exactly. They're over. They're flooding the borders, overloading the the social programs. And um, the debt's gone up. They've made our country weaker by putting us um, dependent on foreign oil. And so that affected everything in the business sector, or in our life sector, because everything is attached to oil. And um, in the meantime, you have these conflicts, uh, the, Russia, uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and what's going on in, in Israel, let alone what, the amount of equipment we left in Afghanistan, uh, we're depleting our military. China is building theirs up. And, uh, you know, these guys, they need to just get their act together. Um, I, I wish I was up there, um, you know, because I feel like I maybe could have helped uh, change the direction of this. But, um, you know, it is what it is today. And so we can only put the pressure on our elected leaders. Keep in mind, everybody that's listening, those people work for you. You know, they've got a pen that, yeah, it's got some prestige and it's got some things that go with it, but they're supposed to be a public servant. And if they're not serving the will of this nation, They need to get out of office. Well,
2: you know, I'm going to counter what you said, because remember, I'm playing the bad guy here. Yeah. I'm going to undermine the
1: election process deliberately. And (laughs) it's going to be very difficult for you, sir, to elect your people.
2: Right. Because I'm going to corrupt the system.
1: And the way I'm going to corrupt it is perfectly legal. I'm going to stretch out the days from during which you can vote, and I'm going to make it much more difficult for the voter to be
2: held accountable and identified because he's going to be able to get mail out ballots and all this other kind of stuff. I'm going to
1: proliferate that until I'm stopped by private money like Zuckerberg's, right, and
2: I've got one wrinkle. I don't know whether this is just crazy because this does factor into trying to
1: decipher all this. I'm going to use and rein me in if I'm, you know,
2: off off the ranch here, coach. But I'm going to put a virus in the in the deal. I'm going to bring a virus out of a communist country. And that's going to really shut things down and confuse things. And maybe they'll never recover from that. Although they'll recover from the virus, maybe.
1: But they'll never recover from being spooked. Now, I don't know Uh, whether I'm out of bounds on that, Ted.
0: I think that's a great analogy or a description of the last 13, 14 years. You know, you forget, um, I, I would add into that, you know, 2001 or 9-11. You know, I, I'm not saying any, our government or anybody had anything to do with it. I think it's the, the the planes that flew in there and the people that did it. But look at what happened. You know, TSA came out. It was supposed to be a temporary program. Now it's one of the larger um, agencies in the nation. And it's worldwide. We've got TSA agents all over the world. Uh, It's amazing how those things get tentacles. And once they get established, they don't go away, but yet it's another form of control. And um, I think what you just laid out, um, you know, there'll be another pandemic or another crisis type of scare where people will fall in line. You know, when a government has the, the ability to go after your your um, your credit cards, your financing and all that. It's a dangerous area. And I think we saw that. And again, I want to remind people, go back to the montage of the liberal media, your Rachel Maddows, Don Lemons and all those people yelling at people that didn't wear a mask, yelling at people that didn't get a vaccine. Uh, they I mean, it's just, it's shocking. Keep in mind, those are the people that are keeping the radical left in office and that they're becoming more radical. Um, you know, we had Rashid Talib up at the, uh, at, uh, in our office building or outside of the Longworth building with a megaphone uh, jazzing up the Palestinians and telling everybody how bad the Jews were. And, you know, this is a member of Congress, but there's no holding accountable. You know, I'm still getting hate mail and voice messages. I got three this week, from the thing with AOC, and these people go off on me from three and a half years ago on something I didn't say, but yet it got fanned in the the, the flames of the, with the media, and I'm still getting hate emails. I mean, people calling me and cussing me out, but yet Tlaib can go do what she does, and I bet you, was, I'm sure she's getting some retribution from um, you know the conservatives or some of the people um, that are pro-Israeli. But you just don't hear about it. It's not in the news. It's not being bashed. And, you know, you brought up something else, how it, it, it's an attack on the white people, the white male. And I remember AOC and her, um, her uh, uh, dialogue against me was this was against the white patriarchy that's uh, ruined our country. So that, that would be you and me, the older guys. And I uh, bring that up or go back to that because you brought it up talking about um, uh, a post that my wife showed me yesterday or two days ago. And it was from Delta airline. It was an all black crew on the flight. You know, the captains, the stewards, the stewardess, all that. It was an all black crew and they're sitting there and they did a selfie and they're smiling. And they said, isn't this wonderful? This is the result of equity and diversity. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Number one, I don't see a diverse crowd. I see an African-American crowd. I don't see any Asians. I don't see any whites. I don't see any Latinos. So how can you celebrate that? And then on the other hand, can you imagine if an all white crew or an all Asian or all Latino crew said, Hey, look at this. It's a all white crew on Delta airlines. We're proud of that, you know? And so it's gone just absolutely upside down tipsy turvy and, um, you know, there'll be, a, there'll be an adjustment. Uh, what it'll be, I don't know. I mean, we'll see for sure. Um, anyways, I'm back not to you, buddy.
2: I'm not through. <laughs> you know, Ted, I've uh, so messed up the election system. So they didn't have any faith mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. Uh, I think I've done that pretty well.
0: Yeah, you did a great job.
2: And
1: then I would really hammer further at every level, the education system. And I'm reminded of this. I covered this on the show a couple days ago, Ted. Jason Riley, some other people wrote about this thing has come out now as a result of Hamas
2: and Israel on the college campuses and how all the presidents of the elite colleges were wussies. You know, know, oh, we got all this, we got all that. Except, and he's mentioned by name, Ben Sass. Right. When Ben Sass, and you remember this, we discussed him, was being talked about as the next president of Florida, the UF Faculty Union, all those guys came out screaming against him.
0: All the students out there crying. All the students
2: screaming against him. Well, I've been yeah. a Senate president. I knew right away what that meant because I've interacted as Senate president of Santa Fe with the UF faculty Senate president, with the UF faculty union president.
1: That was one of my jobs to go across the town and interact with I know them. I know how they think. They came out. Oh, we can't have this guy. He's going to kill He's going to bring this
2: ideology. When they are the ones, see, I'd do this, I'd get a, I'd flip everything. i would be one of my yeah, strategies. Yeah. I'd flip everything. I wouldn't bring up my ideology, but I'd bring up his. Right. He, come, he comes in. He, you know, thank God for the board. And thank God for the strategy who picks the board. He comes yeah. in. He is the only one that makes a statement, public statement. That essentially says this ain't going to happen
1: on the University of Florida campus. And that would be a little bit of a problem for me as a diabolical critter in this whole thing.
2: I'd have to find a way to nullify that. And I might not be able to do with him as long as we got the San a governor. Right. And uh you know, DeSantis is flying more people in from Israel
1: than, than, than Biden is. Am I right on that?
0: No, I think you're absolutely right on that. And, uh, you know, Biden, again, it doesn't fit in with the agenda they have over there. Look at how Obama shunned Israel. It's, it's probably the worst uh, relationship we had with Israel in, um, in modern era, you know, and uh biden is doing the same thing uh, you know it's it's just it's crazy but you know your your strategy being the, the the culprit here the election interference this brings up a point you know of all the hearings they're doing on there how come soros hasn't been investigated i don't remember any any uh investigations on um act red or the uh what i forget his campaign um um his fund that he does all the election interference, but how come that's never been investigated? How come uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg hasn't been brought up there on election interference? Not only the the hearings on that, but take what you deem out of that and block it to where these people or any other nefarious actors, and including nation states, cannot interfere with our elections. Uh, because if you don't have fair elections that the electorate has confidence in, you're starting to break down your system, and I think we're seeing that. Uh, I'm going to turn it back over to you because I know you probably have some other things.
2: But- well, I got, a, I got <laughs> another. I may not introduce a virus this next time, but I will introduce and flood the market with drugs. Fentanyl, I'm going to saturate the United States of America with fentanyl. Yep. And I'm going to render the streets full of homeless and hungry people who have nowhere to stay
1: and I'm going to erode the police by running them down as military and essentially
2: neutering them. Uh, And you'll begin to see it. I think you already see it. A depletion of ranks by they even talked about doing away with the, uh, privileged immunity or whatever it is that protects them from being sued. You know, otherwise get the cops out of the
0: way. They've been trying to do that.
2: Yeah. Get the cops out of the way. And uh, they're they're successfully doing that. Even here. And by the way, if you find a strong one, chop his legs out from under him. Uh, We haven't yet covered it as thoroughly as I've been getting information on, but there was a lot of behind the scenes, complaining about the last allotted Oswald County sheriff who finally just said, heck, with you even have it, because of the attitude that sheriff had towards going after criminals. Right. And that was not in fashion, you understand. That's not in fashion.
1: And it's particularly not in fashion for a black sheriff. You see, a black sheriff is supposed to be what? Opening the ga- jail, right? Not throwing yeah. people in it. You follow that?
0: No. That, I, story,
2: that story's not been well told yet.
0: No, it hasn't. But yeah, I mean, what you, you you're just, you're describing exactly what's going on, and I appreciate that because you look at Marion Bowser up in D.C. I'll use that her as an example again. But you could pick any any uh, Democratic run uh, uh, city or state. And uh, she's crying for more police protection, and that they have to go back to some of these tougher laws uh, and stop letting these people out because their their crime rate has gone up. Their their homicides, their carjackings, their thefts, their shootings—they've all gone up, you know, uh, exponentially. And she was one of the ones defund the police. They're bad, you know, this and that. And then I think you know I would add your list if you don't have it. Uh, let's interfere with their social media let's put tiktok on there and keep in mind trump trying to get rid of tiktok and let's use that as a platform to uh, promote quiet quitting and tell people how good it is to quit your job get on get on the welfare goal or uh, put this group against that group um, you know and, and they're doing that through the social media and i'm sure russia and iran is in there and not, not iran but north korea But we know China is. I mean, China controls TikTok.
2: Oh, run guys like me off, you know? Exactly,
0: exactly. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, they'll
0: investigate you and run you off. But yet Soros and Zuckerberg, they can keep interfering because it's accomplishing the goal of tearing down this nation. And, um, you know, it just seems so clear, and it sounds like it's so clear to you and evident. It's how do we get our people in Washington to focus on us and get away from these silly meetings that they're doing?
2: You know, one of the ways I I have it, my mind works this way. And I'll, um, before we take a break, I was a football coach. All the other things I've done, you know. You get old, you've done a lot of stuff. And one of the things I would do is I was assigned to scout next week's opponent. And I would come back and make a presentation on how to attack that guy's game.
0: Right, right.
2: You follow me? Yeah. Your mind just learns to work that way. Well, you know, where are we going to hit this bunch, you know? Coach, I saw this. I saw that. If you were going to plan for that coach, I would – you never told the head coach what to do, but on the other hand, the head coach had enough faith in you to send you out there to take a look, you know? Sure. And uh, the reason they used to do it, Ted, is so funny because I was an English teacher. Oh, my God, you can write and spell. So, <laughs> thinking, you know, the thinking was, well, that he ain't no dummy if he's an English teacher. We ain't got no other yeah. English teachers on the coaching staff. We're going to send this guy out, and let him co- well, let him scout.
0: You know, sure. And, and, and they, they want all. to win. They want to win the game, so they do the things to make to stack the deck in their favor. You know. Now, let, that's, let, that's let me let me tell you deal.
2: what I did. Let me tell you one quick story. What I did with that Ted. Sure. It's so funny. One of the assignments I had, along with two other other coaches, we coached the JV guys. And we were coaching them to get them ready for the varsity. Mm -hmm. So, came down to the final championship game. We had a little championship league and all that stuff. By golly, my team was going to play this other team. And it was a good team now. We had the best of the best on both sides. Well... I've never told this story publicly before. I mean, I've told it, but not on air like this. When I went down to scout Orlando Colonial, I think,
1: Uh they had a wingback reverse. We didn't have a wingback reverse. But I knew damn good and well we had a guy who could sure as hell run it. You know? But I never told anybody. Except my team. I said, fellas, this play isn't in our playbook. But take a look at it, you know? Don't you like it? And we're
2: going to let this kid over here, the fastest kid on the team, be the wingback. Came down. We were tied to the championship game. I pulled the boys over, and I said, "Men, we're going to run the wingback reverse. And when you come around the corner, I told a little kid, a little black kid who could run like crazy and a great kid. I said, when you come around that corner, I don't want to see anything but elbows and you know what? And you're <laughs> boogie and down that damn sideline because ain't nobody going to catch it. So by God, he did it, and we won. Did you really? Wow. Oh, yeah, now, that ain't, that ain't the end of the story. <laughs> head coach came over afterwards. Now, I want to know what you think about this conversation. It was funny. I really respected the head coach, Jim Nightblack. Tough guy, you know, great coach. You know, he knew a lot more about football than I'd ever know. But he liked me. Because he said, these guys will die for you, Ward. They'll follow you anywhere you go. So i got to put you somewhere where they can interact with you. He said that very early on. So he came over, chewing me out. He said, Coach, he said, we didn't have the wing back reverse in our playbook. And we are supposed <laughs> to be running just our plays
1: to get our kids ready for our varsity. I said, Coach, let me tell you how I feel about that. I'd rather win
2: than run all the plays and lose. That's right. He said, Coach, you're right. And I said, besides, Coach, I recommend you put the wingback reverse in the
0: playbook. <laughs> I suspect you probably did, didn't he?
2: You're dang right. And I, that's a classic, classic discussion. And I had, to, you know, none of the other coaches on the staff would have done that. They wouldn't have had the, I'm not sure what the word is, Moxie. The, moxie. They wouldn't have gone against the head coach. Right. And the other part of it, Ted, was knowing I, I was secretive. Make no I make no apologies for that. I was secretive, but my boys knew it. Yeah. You don't think that didn't build esprit de corps? Oh man, you know it did. Oh you know it did. They said, hey, I said, come here guys, we're gonna kick some butt now. And it's gonna work. Yeah. And Thank you. I mean, to this day, now one of the guys who was on the field for me uh, uh, went ahead and played for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, he was a wide he was a wide out for Cincinnati Bengals.
1: That kid I took from a kind of a timid little guy who had enormous talent,
2: but he didn't like getting hit. Well, that's understandable. We're knocking that. the snot out of you. I, I taught him. I said, "Hey, man, you got so much talent. Um, you're not going to remember being hit when you're concentrating on that ball, and um, you're going to be uh, you're going to be fine down that field." He bought into that. He became a tremendous, tremendous receiver and and played for the Bengals for quite a while.
0: Oh, that's and great. One of my It'd be good to know one your one of your uh, uh, kids you coach went on to the pros.
2: And as far as being a racist, both these, both these guys were black.
0: Uh-huh.
2: You know, I didn't care. What the hell?
1: You play,
0: no. you play man. Well, you start looking at people. And you, you it's you people. It's people. Well, and unfortunately, this goes back to what you're doing, you know, to divide the nation. You know, let's put this group against that group. And this is where the Democrats, they blame us for doing that, but they do it and they went at it. And we, uh, we kind of curl up in a ball like, oh, we don't want to be called a racist. Um, we were talking to one person about a, a program called PEPFAR, and I know you got to take a break right now, so I'll just hold off. We'll on.
2: take it a minute. Yeah, we'll take it. You want to take it now? I'll take it now if you want hold whole little story.
0: Well, PEPFAR is a, a program that George Bush put in there. Uh, it's called President's Emergency Plan uh, for AIDS Relief. It saved over 25 million people, uh, five million children are alive today that wouldn't be, and they're they're arguing should they refund it. And the reason is because Biden has put in policies that uh, brings in the International Planned Parenthood uh, for family planning. And, of course, we all know that means abortion on demand. And they're putting this throughout the world, mainly in Africa. And it's really a genocide program. And so we're talking to my legislature. And he goes, well, where's the Susan B. Anthony on this? You know, the the, the outside group. And I said, well, I think they're scoring against it. He goes, oh, i got to stay away from it. i got to stay away. from it. And I'm like, you know, why don't you take a stand on uh, protecting this program because it's done so much good and created goodwill. But the political uh, ramifications, well, if they're out against us, I can't vote against the outside group. And it's just, you know, we got too much of that up there.
2: I'm with Ted Yoho. We're going to be right back. I've been writing a script on how to bring America down. uh, And so far, nobody has checkmated me. We'll talk about that when we get back. See if you can see if you can beat me here, boys. Be right back <laughs> on WordStot Files with
0: Ward's weather. on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. Thursday,
2: November the 16th, come celebrate the release of our Spurger's Gridiron Grill, Lugo's Risky Rum. This exclusive release features a special spread of our farm-to-table food, rum cocktails, raffles, and a meet and greet with me. Each ticket includes a bottle of Spurrier's single barrel select risky run. And I'll sign the bottle if you'd like. So get your ticket before they sell out at Spurrier's.com. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold Sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On-The-Spot Dry Cleaners, r Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com
1: Hello boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi boy. Can we touch him? No, thanks. Help me. Help. Help. Ward's weather report here brought to you by Lewis Oil. by golly. Chevron
2: stations, fossil fuel. You got to love it. Well, we got great weather right now throughout the South. Uh, it's our fall. It's a wonderful place to be. And uh, we don't have the big cities to crowd you into the streets. Uh, you can head to the hills and relax, watch the leaves change, or you can sit on your back porch around here and uh, watch the cattle complacently taking it easy <laughs> out of the big, brutal batches of heat. They're looking really good right now, Ted. Well, and meanwhile, North is getting ready for its rounds of bad weather. Um, there you go. Bad from our point of view. I guess if you like the mountains and snow, it's a great deal out there. So uh, winter forecast is coming for the North. Talking with Ted Yoho here. And uh, we're playing. I'm I'm the devil's advocate, I guess, right now. or I'm playing the bad guy. Um the issue here for you to chat in with us if you want to. Todd Chase, welcome to the show, Todd. Todd's hey, Todd. Todd's on. Todd's a great guy. Uh, Todd, you might have hopefully talked the first part of the show. But, Todd, what I'm doing now, I'm, I'm playing the foil here, um, drawing on my coaching experience. I'm writing a prescription, if you will, or a game plan to take down America. And Ted's trying to nullify me. And I don't think he's been able to do it yet because he hadn't stopped me from crossing the border. He hadn't stopped me from introducing drugs all over the place. He hadn't stopped me from corrupting the education system. He hasn't stopped me from screwing up the election process.
1: He hadn't stopped me from controlling the media. And I ain't I done. Feel I feel inept. Yeah. And I ain't done. And he hadn't stopped me from defunding the cops. Pressing me. Oh,
2: God. Well, you might have put something in that drink there.
0: Um, All I can say is you sure sound like a great Democrat.
2: Isn't that the truth? But I don't think they know what they're doing. It has to be an outsider. That's a good point. I'm not writing this, by the way, this attack on America, from the inside.
1: Although I'm running it from the inside. And one of the ways I'm doing it and I've already covered this, I'm introducing, you know, America is a Christian nation. I'm going to de-emphasize that. I'm going to make it a secular nation. I'm going to get the
2: universities to believe in books and ideologies, climate change, all this crap, it doesn't matter. I'm going to introduce Muslims who are antithetical, many, in to the Christian thing. It's been an argument going on forever. I'm going to do that under the constant wire, so to speak, surreptitiously, clandestinely, until they can blossom up like to yeah. lead. lead rebellion from inside. So I got every play I've run so far has, has scored. So Ted, stop me, man. Stop
0: me. <laughs> stop me. Somebody stop me. No, I mean you have you have laid out exactly what's going on. And you know, I'm sitting on this side listening to you and I'm like, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And um you you would give Victor David Hansen a run for his money on how to destroy a nation. Uh, but it is, it's exactly following this plan, uh, the, the Democratic playbook. And I don't know who's writing it. I know Obama had a big hand in it, and Eric Holder and um Valerie Jarrett and all those those people that are 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 there uh behind the scenes. And I think the way to stop it is, number one, awareness. Number two, let's get back to the constitutional principles. We follow the Constitution. All this goes away because the government's doing things they shouldn't be. And I'm up here in Georgia. We went to the wineries yesterday, came across a really nice one. Uh, um, I think it was Engelheim or something like that. The guy was an Army, uh, retired Army, 26 years. And we got talking politics, and you know, somebody told him I was in, in used to be in Congress, and we we spoke, and his love for this country, and he goes, you know, this would be simple if we were just to follow the Constitution, and those that aren't hold them accountable, you know, because they swear an oath to the Constitution, but what that's going to take is an informed, uh, an informed electorate, and they have to hold their accountable their representatives accountable, and if they're not doing. We're just going to watch the greatest nation on the planet. It used to be, and I want to say it still is, but there's, there's a lot of holes in the hole of this ship. And I think what happens is people in Washington or even us Ameri- you know, citizens, we're saying, oh, we're the greatest nation. Well, we need to look in the mirror and say, are we really? You know, Do we have these things under control? What's our education like compared to around the world? We're dropping and reading, writing, and uh, math. Our our, um, uh, math, science, and uh, um, reading. We're dropping around the world. We're falling behind in um, uh, advancements in technology. Um, And so I think it's a wake-up call. I don't think we're too far gone, but I think this is something that we need to hire people that say, no, we're not doing that. No, if you don't hire X amount of a minority, you're racist. Let's get the most qualified people in here. We need to get people that are willing to do that we need to go after the elections, and if you're going to have drop boxes in that, and if we can't change the law today, by God, we're going to have people at every drop box watching these things, and we're going to have, you know, video cameras in that, and we're going to make sure these things and then uh, are done properly, and then when they go to count them, we're going to have an equal amount of people. You know, when I, when I won my first election, I think we were 867 votes uh, difference from uh, Mr. Stearns. And we got a call from uh, uh, our guy that we were using as a lawyer. And he says, you need to have people at every um, uh, supervisors of elections office before they open up. And they open up around eight or nine. We had people that we called people I didn't know, but that believed in us. And we had two or three people at every supervisors of election in the 13 counties. And the amazing thing was when Mr. Stearns' people showed up, we were already there. And then the, the word got back to him, said there's not enough provisional ballots that we can challenge this. And a provisional ballot is one that is in question. And so if we have this kind of force going out there, it'll it's a game changer. But you know what? It's a commitment. People are going to have to say, get uncomfortable. I'm willing to become uncomfortable so that we can make sure these elections aren't uh, fraudulently done to the best of our ability. And so if we do that, I've just slammed you down on your uh, your uh, voting scheme and then be there when the mail-in ballots come in there. And I want to count them right next to you and demand it. And we need to be the ones demanding those things. Keith Perry did a great job at the uh, Black Tie and Blue Jeans talking about the education and the garbage these people are putting out in these books. So we need to go back to the basics and teach civics, teach it what it means to be an American citizen. You know, this shoplifting crisis that's going on around the, the country, that needs to come to an end. I mean, that shouldn't happen. Your fentanyl at the border, I think you and I have talked about it. If you bring fentanyl or any other drugs that can kill people into this country, it's it's a capital punishment. It's the death penalty. I think it's time we get real on this stuff. And if you're going around carjacking and that, you know, I think the force of the law needs to come down. we criticized Duterte in the Philippines because he cracked down and was basically using extrajudicial. Uh, 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 he was doing killings, but I think we need to do things and really push it to get the, these people that are doing this nefarious things that are just blatantly breaking the law. And I think there needs to be a period of time where we mean we're going to follow the rule of law. And I think if we follow the rule of law, you know, and we have a judiciary system that does it. I think a lot of this stuff will get back to where it's supposed to be. But I think it really needs to start in, in our families and our homes and our education with our young people. And, um, you know, life is not free, freedom is not free. And uh, I think we need to start weaning some people off these programs.
2: Well, one of the things I will continue to do is I attack your team. Totally, consistently, everywhere I can do it is play the race card. Sure. I will apply that to everything. And I will keep the blacks all fomented, all worked up, and uh, confused.
0: Well, it wouldn't be just the blacks. It would be anybody that is non-white, you know. so Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, divide, conquer and divide. let 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 me parse that just a little bit. Sure. I had a visitor yesterday. 55 years old,
1: Cuban, Cuban. The point is, he was here at the command center and saw the cattle and everything and said, you know, he says, we once had a place like this in Cuba. But when Castro took over, he confiscated it. Kill my father, put my mother and my grandmother in a one bedroom apartment. That's where they live now. And he had just come from the college campus, or a college student, of course, didn't know who he was, but was walking across the campus with a Shea Shabara sweatshirt on. Oh, is that right? Now, you tell me. And here's my hypothesis on that. Our people haven't been anywhere. They don't know what the rest of the world is like. They don't know what it's like to have your private property confiscated by gunpoint. Now I can confiscate it by
2: taxation.
0: Taxation, regulations.
2: That Regulation,
1: taxation. Yeah. I can just whittle away at it until everybody
0: rents. We, we are so close to that right now in this country. It's, it's amazing you brought up the, the, the Cuban person you talked to. We were in, at that winery last night and we met a Cuban. He's from Florida. He's he's got a house in the mountains. He's got one in in Florida and then one in the Keys. And so we got talking because we pretty much follow that. And um, multimillionaire. He's married to a Colombian. And he was telling the same story in Cuba. He was old enough to remember when all that went down. And see, they understand how that can happen. And people, the, the I would say under 30, 35, or if you're woke at any age, you don't think that can happen here, or you, maybe you want it to happen. But I tell you what, talk to somebody from Venezuela that had a house there and a house in the United States that got confiscated, and they put in people that were homeless. They You, you can't have that many homes. And so you get government dictating. You go back to what Obama said. You know, they wanted to dictate, and you hear, um, what's an AOC and Elizabeth Warren telling you how much you should be able to make. And Obama, if you'll remember this, number one, one of the things he said, you did not build your business. And, you know, you you brought up we were a Christian nation. And he says, we're no more a Christian nation than, you know, a Muslim or, you know, any other religion. And it's false. So if you look, if you know our history, you know this was built on Judeo-Christian principles. And, um, and uh, you know, so that can happen here, you know, the confiscation of property and people just do not realize how quickly that can happen. And again, Obama said nobody needs to make more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars, yet he's living in a multimillion dollar mansion. He's got one in Washington, Martha's Vineyard and then Hawaii. So, um, you know, he's an elite in government that wants to tell you what you should do because you're a peon and you should just do what they say. And support big government and, uh, you know, our our Constitution and the founders were afraid of an almighty um, central government. And unfortunately, that's what we have right now. So we need to dismantle it. And the best way to do that, to go against everything you said was force our government to follow the Constitution and throw the people out that give a pledge to this, our Constitution and serving this nation, throw them out of office if they're not doing it. You know, it's – um. I just want to say I just did a Dusty Rhodes from the top turnbuckle on top of your head.
1: Boy, i tell you what now. By
2: golly, uh, that reminds
0: – Because that, I am the American dream.
2: You know, that, 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 that reminds me of a story.
0: Remember how um, you used to do that?
2: <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, my father loved wrestling. And never mind that it might be fixed or whatever – He loved it, and he took me downtown to a – I'll never forget this because there was a woman that had a seat on the front row by the ring, and her her nickname was Bouncing Beulah. What Bouncing Beulah would do, you know, invariably when the good guy got on the top while the bad guy would yank his trousers or cheat or something, and the referee would not see it, Bouncing Beulah would bounce off her seat, come up and bang on the doggone mat until we saw the guy yanking on the guy's pants. And so it was more fun.
0: Uh, You know, it's funny. You said if it's real or not, John Stossel, he's a news reporter back in a couple weeks. uh, He may still be out there. I remember he was interviewing somebody on, uh, on the, you know, the wrestling. He goes, the guy had just come out of the match and he goes, you know, you've got to admit, this is most of this is fake. And the guy turns around and just smacks him a couple of times. And he goes, Was that fake? Was that fake?
2: Taking those falls isn't doing that tumbling, boy. That is something. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, we had uh, one of the big wrestlers in with Don Eagle. He, uh, Don
0: Eagle, oh, I remember that.
2: Yeah, Don Eagle. And um, anyway, bouncing Beulah. But. Um, <laughs> It was cheating. You know, he's, she was always up there trying to straighten out the cheating.
0: But, well, cheating, you know what? We need people like Bouncing Beulah at our elections. And um,
2: you better believe we need a Bouncing Beulah. And yeah, you because really
0: what they're doing is cheating. And again, we're the only advanced country that allows mail in voting in the 21st century. The only one, France, all these other countries tried it, they got rid of it because of the fraud. And I know you don't want to use that word on your show. But oh,
2: okay. is- listen, I think that in thinking about we're winding down we've about five minutes left. What sums this
1: up? Is everything I'm doing. Is a form of cheating. Yeah. I'm cheating on the border. Yep. I'm cheating on the truth, disinformation,
2: misinformation, all of the above. I'm cheating on what history is. Uh, I'm cheating on what I'm doing with the money. You know, it's interesting. I'm going to take, take it back to my conversation with my head coach.
1: I never thought of it this way, but basically, he was criticizing me for cheating. You, we, we, we agreed we only run our playbook. He had a damn good argument. Yeah, but I had one that I thought could at least give him pause. Yeah, but what about these kids winning, knowing what that's like?
2: I don't know if I was right or wrong. You know, I know it was funny. uh, It was effective. Yeah. From his point of view, I I, I see that. He's passed. I can't go talk to him about it. But, you know, you
0: but, but here, here, here's
2: my side of that. You know, I got an answer for that.
1: You got to be prepared to be cheated on. And that's another thing And I'm thinking about this. Do you think that
2: Biden is stupid or naive? Doesn't he know? No, he knows he's being he's cheating the country. How come the country doesn't know he's cheating us?
0: We're distracted. We're complacent. Life has been too good for too long in America. And you brought this up in the very beginning. Are they doing this by design or not? And, and you've heard me say this multiple times. I remember talking to General Flynn and it wasn't an, a, a policy that was increasing the strength of Iran under the Obama administration. I mean, it was blatant. It was they, they had more of the, the JCPOA, the, the Iran nuclear deal, and we were giving them money and they are already funding like Hamas and and, and the Houthi rebels that are firing the missiles at us from Yemen. And I asked General Flynn, is this by ignorance, incompetence or design? He says, by design. And I said, why would they do that? His goal is to weaken America. Now, this was back in my like 2013 from General Flynn, who was uh, I can't remember what his title was. But this is by design because. If it was out of ignorance, it's like flipping a coin fifty percent of the time you're going to be right, fifty percent you're it's going to be tails and and so this has to be by design, you know the borders, the debt um letting China get a hold of uh the sure. all the commodities sure. and uh, it's time for change, and that change is not hope change it's change to get back to the constitution you
2: know what the you know what the mechanism is for that globalization
0: yeah. There's no doubt about that. I, I I wish we had time. I'll just say it real briefly. You know, I work with a lot of the, the groups that are in the NGO space, non-government organizations. Their whole mandate is coming out of the UN and the World Health Organization. Yeah. We're funding these things and it just makes my stomach sick. The good thing is I'm developing a game plan that we can use to uh, take the money away from these uh, organizations that aren't serving the purpose of America based on our principles and our founding, our core values and principles. And, um, and maybe next week we can get into um, uh, the New World Order. And yeah. in the Wall Street Journal by uh, Russia and China.
2: Well, you sure got me going by sending that message this morning. Uh, about Sorry about America. that. No, I, I thought it was fun. And, uh, you know, one of the things I, I do when I'm on the show is I'm trying to learn myself. And I did have a little bit bit of an epiphany here. I suddenly saw what my coach was talking about. Coach, you cheated. And what I was saying was, you better be naive if you want to win. You better be ready to be cheated.
0: For the Star Trek fans out there, this would be Kobayashi Maru, where (laughs) Captain Kirk reprogrammed the the, uh, Starfleet computers, and he was the only one that won against the Starfleet computers. And people said, you cheated. He goes, no, I was faced with impossible odds. I reprogrammed the computers because I don't like to lose. And um, we won. And, uh, you know, it's not meaning cheating at all costs so you can win. It's just change the rules of the game so that you can. And uh, unfortunately, the Democrats did that with voting and they're winning on that. I think we need to change them back. Definitely. Definitely.
2: Great show today, Ted. Um, We'll ship it all over the place. So. Look forward to seeing you next
0: week.
2: more Command Center out. Bye. Bye.